ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Men to the Tuesday, April 3rd edition. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me for today's show. I think we've got a good one for you. Coming up later on, we're going to talk to Tom Noly from the South Bend Tribune and the Notre Dame Insider. Women's championship game, way more exciting than men's, and we'll talk to him about that. Also coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear from For a lot of Herd fans, probably the hero of the internet, Ott Elmore, he is right now trying to get his team together and enter the tournament. Can you believe it? He's trying to put together a team, get some fan support, and enter the tournament, the basketball tournament where you can buy your way in if you're one of the first few to get in, drop some coin, or you can get in by a lot of fan vote. And then there's going to be some at-larges as well. So Ott's going to head make his bid, try to see win some cash. So we're going to talk to him about this in a little bit and find out why he wants to do it and what he thinks his chances are for entering inside this. It's the single elimination winner takes all. The basketball tournament has been going on for a few years now. ESPN's going to be televising games again, so I'm excited. Ott's team right now has 68 supporters. We're going to try to get that up. It's the West Virginia Wildcats. So Ott's the general manager, shooting guard. That's his listed title of this venture. So help him out if you can. Of course, you can go to our Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan. You can find the link there. Ott will be with us here in a few minutes, and we'll talk to him about that. And later on, we'll take your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-TALK. 4208255. So last night, brackets were finally satisfied. Everything is done now. The final team advances to the championship position, and it's Notre Dame in the women's side, and it's Villanova on the men's side. Notre Dame, of course, winning that exciting game on Sunday, and Villanova winning the men's championship last night defeating Michigan in the lowest-watched game ever for a championship game. I mean, they beat Michigan, and for a while Michigan had a lead and then Villanova just took over and did what Villanova's been doing almost all season long and definitely in this tournament, just went in and scored lots of points and made the other team look bad. So they get the championship, their second championship in three years, And, you know, I don't think everybody was excited about this because we've got the TV ratings and the game, which was broadcast on TNT, TBS, and True TV, pulled a 10.3 overnight rating. That's almost a 30% drop from the 2017 championship game. That was on CBS. And... It's a 14% drop from Villanova's matchup with UNC from 2016. That was also broadcast on the Turner Network spot. That was also broadcast there. So is it the fact that not that many people have the Turner Networks? 
Because this game was available. If you want to watch it, there was a way to get this game, right? Internet, there was an option there. Turn on my Fire Stick TV, there it is. I can watch the app. And you really can't put your finger on it. Villanova, Michigan, did it really excite people? Was it just a foregone conclusion? Only sports fans followed or does it have to be on a broadcast network because, well, that's how you're going to draw in more people. It's the biggest event of the night. And it still won the night. That was the thing. It won the night. Biggest thing on television. So it didn't lose. It's just if you put it in context compared to the rest of television basketball history for the NCAA championship game, it's the lowest one. The time was terrible. 9.20, and I understand you're trying to draw in the West Coast, but so you either sacrifice the West Coast to get the East Coast or you you sacrifice the East Coast to bring in the West Coast. You can't have it both ways. Something's going to have to give. You're going to have to find a, a more suitable start time. You start this thing at 8. You start this thing at 7.30, 8.30. When do you start this thing? And I think that played a factor. And, of course, it was just a foregone conclusion for a lot of people. Villanova was going to win this thing. You can say, oh, there were some other teams, upsets. You can say all that. But after this thing started to settle down, you knew Villanova was going to win. Jay Wright looked great in his suit once again. They win the championship for the second time in three years. And the ratings are now at an all-time low. I don't think that is an indictment on college basketball because we saw some great basketball games and a lot of people were excited. I think we just got to the point where it was kind of anticlimactic for a lot of people. Michigan, Villanova, not your Dukes and North Carolinas. Those aren't your traditional power schools that bring in notoriety, not your traditional UK in that championship game. No, it was Villanova, Michigan. Now, I think Villanova's their place is going to increase. They're definitely starting to create a real big-time name for themselves. It's the best job in America right now, Villanova, two of the last three. And Michigan, they'll be a force to be reckoned with in the Big Ten. Just wasn't enough for them to take over Villanova last night. But the ratings, it's going to be harder and harder, I think. It's going to be more difficult to find a way to have that major event that's just going to have those record numbers. We've got some rare exceptions. Super Bowl always brings in the big numbers. I don't know if the college national championship's going to bring anything comparable to the Super Bowl, but it's going to have big numbers. We'll get into that. But the Turner Networks, and I would think the Turner Networks would be on a lot of cable packages. It doesn't seem to be the higher-tier package. It's a low-tier package. So you're going to get that channel. So what was it? You really can't put your finger on it, unfortunately, for college basketball. Biggest night last night, not watched very well compared to the previous standards they set. I don't think this is going to be a trend, but I don't think you're going to see everything like this going forward being the same as it was 10, 15 years ago. Our viewership is just too fragmented right now. There are so many avenues for your attention. We've got more channels, more than ever. We've got more outlets. 
Not necessarily is college sports going to dominate the way they used to. They'll still win the night for most events like this. I mean, after all, we get excited for March Madness with the bracket. Everybody participates. And I think after that first initial surge over the weekend, people just settle into a rhythm. And again, these things are fragmented all over the place. It's not on CBS for the championship game. So it didn't have that same footprint that you get with TBS, TNT, True TV. It's not the same. Same production. Everything looks great. Bringing in all the crews from both networks. Fantastic job by everyone. No, nobody really tuned in for that. It beat American Idol, though. Again, it won the night. It beat American Idol. So take that. That's a victory. When we come back from break, we're going to talk to Ott Elmore. He's got a team put together, the West Virginia Wildcats. He's trying to enter the basketball tournament. There's a big prize if you win the basketball tournament. So Ott Elmore is going to be our guest later on. We're going to talk a little Notre Dame women's basketball here on The Drive with Paul Swan. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, April 3rd edition. It's The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Last night after the championship game between Villanova and Michigan, all of college basketball was tuned in because... There's one thing that has to be done before the college basketball season is over. You've got to have one shining moment. And we all sat by our televisions watching and waiting. And I'm sure Ott Elmore, who's with us now on the program, was doing that as well. And before we get into the basketball tournament, Ott, how special was it just to watch one shining moment last night? Uh, It was pretty awesome uh, to be a part of the NCAA tournament this year. I've always watched it as a kid growing up. And just to be a part of that was uh, something special. So uh, the whole process was real awesome. Were you surprised how many Marshall clips actually made it into the highlight reel? Uh, yes and no. Uh, you, you, I'm not really that surprised because we did. We were a big upset in the tournament. But to think of everything that happened in that tournament and to how big a part of we were of it, that was a little surprising. Ott Elmore joins us on the program. So your basketball career, maybe not so over after, of course, finishing up with the Thundering Herd, a great run in the NCAA tournament. And now, and of course, everything is announced on social media, and that's what you did as well. You have uh, not just announced your intentions to be a part of the basketball tournament. You've got it going right now, putting together your team and trying to get enough support to get in. So... First of all, what made you decide you want to be a part of the basketball tournament? Uh, it's something that I've watched over the years, and it seems to be growing and growing. And uh, I'm friends with a good group of guys, uh, Ryan Taylor, who played at Marshall, Stevie Browning, who played at Marshall, and then some guys from Charleston uh, that we thought it would be fun to get into it. Uh, it's, it's, it looks like a good time. We're hoping it's going to be fun and uh, see if we can't get in and win some games and maybe win the $2 million cash prize. Yeah, for those who don't know, the basketball tournament is a winner-take-all, $2 million tournament. Uh, It's going to be on ESPN. Anyone can enter a team, and the fans are going to determine who plays and share in the prize. So this is the fifth summer it's around, and you've got your team already submitted. So now 
what's the process as far as getting you in this tournament? Because there are options to pay your way in, and there are also options to get fans to support you and decide if your team, they think, deserves to be in this tournament. Yeah, so basically what we're doing is we're talking to friends and family, we're putting it on social media, and we're trying to get voted by the fan vote to get into the tournament. Right now, uh, we're in the Midwest region because that's the closest one with that the game's being played in Columbus. So right now we're in fifth in the region, and they select the top nine by fan voting. So we're just trying to get it out there, get more people to vote for, support us. We're hoping to get in the top two or three pretty soon because uh, we want to try to get in that way because it's $5,000 to pay your way in. And those spots are already filling up, so we're going to take a chance to hopefully we get fan voted in. Odell Moore is our guest. So you mentioned a lot of guys that Herd fans would know, and uh, are you hoping that the Herd fans are going to finally see this, get behind you here, maybe have a, just another wave of Marshall support come through this summer? Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Uh, we've got three or four guys on the team that are alums, uh, couple of the guys who just want to be involved with it but not play uh, are from Marshall. So we're hoping the Marshall uh, family will get behind us and support us. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll ride them and uh, get us in the tournament on their support. Surprised that uh, a lot of people already have jumped on this for you and um, maybe you're going to try to capitalize on some of that Internet success you found recently with your appearance in the tournament? Yeah, well, I've definitely been putting it on social media. We've already got about, um, I think it's close to 80 supporters. I haven't looked in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, definitely pumping it on social media. Uh, I'm hoping my followers will go ahead and click on the link that I tweeted out, go in there and follow us and support us and uh, see if they can't get us in it. Now, this is an anybody-can-enter tournament. Of course, there's a few, I'm sure, restrictions, uh, like your brother, for example. He's not going to be able to enter this. But as far as the type of teams that are going to be able to enter, uh, you'll see basketball players probably from all walks of light, all shapes, sizes. This isn't one where you can just really scout this thing out and and figure out what kind of tournament you're going to get. I think that's what makes it appealing because anybody can enter. Anybody. I could I could put together a team right now. I wouldn't last long, but I could put together a team. Right. Anybody can get into it. And, uh, like, I guess some intramural team. I think I've seen a couple of teams where just kids that are just go to school at other schools are getting into it. So you have kids who are just in college or have graduated college and just played for fun and their buddies are getting in it. But then you also see teams that are recruiting all these professional guys and coming. And uh, our team is pretty neat in that it's a mixture of both. And the fact that, yes, we've all known each other basically our whole lives for the most part, and we're all friends, but also everybody on the team either has played either major college basketball or currently plays professionally. So I think that's pretty neat for us, whereas these other guys, uh, they're just hired hands that play professionally. They hire, they come in, play together, and they've never met each other before in their life, whereas we are a group of friends who happen to be pretty good at basketball. And watching this over the last few years, it kind of feels like that's where the excitement is. Uh, a group of guys you've never heard of or a group of guys who have been together for a long time get in here, make a run. And sometimes I think, as you mentioned, the hired hands, they're kind of shocked at where they end up because you could get together with some guys you've been with forever and go on a run, know where you came from, and next thing you know, you could be playing for $2 million in the championship. 
Right, and I think that's something that's going to be a lot of fun for us is that we all know each other. We're, we're all pretty good guys. There's not going to be any problems. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy doing it. And uh, whereas other guys, it might be more pressure. They might might not like who they're playing with. We're, we all like who we're playing with. We're all going to enjoy it. So, yeah, the ultimate goal is to win $2 million, but it's all, we also just want to have fun and see how far we can go. And uh, I think that's something that's good about our group is we're going to enjoy playing together and enjoy the experience. Is there any aspirations past this tournament for anybody, including yourself, on this team? Maybe get seen, people know a little bit more about you, see you and the guys play. Is any um, any secondary goal there other than just want to get in here and take a shot at this? No, uh, you all. everybody definitely would like to be seen and see what could develop from it. But uh, So, yeah, that's always there, but... A lot of these guys, like I said, are playing professionally now, so they've been seen, and this is just a chance to get them a little more exposure, maybe stateside, maybe if we win a couple games, get on ESPN, uh, national TV. So, yeah, I mean, the goal is always to win $2 million, but there's a lot of secondary things that can come of it besides just having fun and playing. You could, People could potentially uh, enhance their careers. Adel Moore is our guest. Goes from hero of the Thundering Herd, as far as social media is concerned, to entering the basketball tournament. Now, you mentioned you're in the Midwest, and I'm looking at some of the team names right now. If you would explain how this works, because you've got 68 supporters right now, you've got an experience level of five, and your team status is ineligible. So, Explain some of those numbers. Obviously, we know what the supporters means, but experience level and, of course, ineligible pretty much explains itself. All right. I'll start with ineligible. We're ineligible just because the guy. I've uh, texted with a group of guys on the team, and in order to get eligible, you have to have seven people registered for the team, and each guy will have to go through the process of going to the website, creating their own player profile, also, you have to submit a video to sort of confirm who you are and just to make sure you're real. And then after they go through and look at that and uh, verified you, you're able to uh, have a profile. At that point, I'll be able to send the guys a link to join the team, at which point, if once I get seven, we'll go from NL. But that, that stuff won't matter until June 1st when the rosters have to be completed. But the guys will be taking care of that in the next three, four days, we should be switched to eligible. Uh, experience level is they ask you when you create your player profile, highest level played. Well, for me, I was NCAA Division One basketball, so I selected that. And so I guess that in their point system equates to five. So as each player selects their highest level, they assign a point value to that. So say the next guy plays professionally in Europe. I, for example, they might give that seven or eight points. Well, they'd add that to my five. That'd be 13 and so forth. So as every guy puts their experience level in, it will add to the team's total of uh, points. And that's just uh, for fans to look at to sort of see what kind of experience each team has if people are just on the website without really knowing what team they wish to support. And uh, so that way they can put their support behind that team that they just, if they don't know anybody, they can just pick and hope that they win because the fans get a portion of the money if that team wins and they get a portion of $200,000. So that's just for the fans. And if so, you get enough supporters to get you through 
everyone who says, okay, I'm going to support the West Virginia Wildcats are now part of your team because there's an actual reward for them. It's more than just winning a bracket contest. I mean, you're actually invested now with your support paying down maybe the down payment to get into this tournament. No, exactly. If you just, uh, It's a no-brainer for fans, I feel like, because if they like us, we're local guys, and go and support us. It takes maybe 30 seconds of their time. If we happen to win some games, win it all, the top 201 fans uh, get a share of 10%, which is they share $200,000. So, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good deal for fans. They So when they're cheering, they're, they have a higher level of investment in the team doing that, and I think that's pretty neat. Odd Elmore is our guest, and the attempt is to get into the, the basketball tournament, and you're representing West Virginia. The team name is the West Virginia Wildcats. Now, if uh, fans want to get behind you, you're putting on social media, but uh, for those maybe who aren't following you yet, don't know where to go, what do they have to do and where do they need to go? All right, you can go to thetournament.com. You'll have to – there's a little button that says log in, register. You register. Uh You'll fill out the uh, fill out the little registration form. It takes maybe thirty seconds. You'll register as a fan. They'll send you an email, a verification email. You'll go through. Uh, just click on that in your email. It'll verify you are who you say you are, and then a list of teams will pop up, and you can select the Midwest region, select Western Wildcat, become a supporter, and then they have little activities where you can gain extra points, like you can tweet or follow the basketball or follow the tournament on Twitter, and you get extra points. And again, the top 201 fans for the team that wins it all win a share of $200,000. Now, it's not, okay, the first 201, it's the top fans, so you're getting points for being active as well. Right, yes. So fans can fans get, I think, 15 points for just signing up to support the team. And then they have a little list of ways to earn more points. So it's the top 201 fans who support a team and have the most points under that team as a supporter for that team. Odell Moore is our guest. Hey, this is going to be fun. I hope you get in. It sounds like it's going to be a, a great deal of fun for you, everyone involved, plus representing the state of West Virginia. So uh, what's more to love, right? No, it's definitely awesome. It's, it's, it's There's nothing bad that can come out of this. Now, is it just going to be Marshall guys and guys you know? Uh, are we going to see maybe a, a Mountaineer who's uh, no longer on the team as well? Anything like that happening? Uh, we don't have any West Virginia guys, but currently right now we have, like I've mentioned, Stevie Browning and Ryan Taylor. Uh, Tyquan Gord played at Marshall a little while ago. Also, we have uh, Perry Henry. He played at South Charleston High School as a teammate of mine. He went on to UNC Charlotte, and now he's playing professionally in Turkey. Also, a kid named from Charleston named Santino de Trapano, played at UC, played professionally in Italy for a little bit. So we're all local guys, most of us from the Charleston area. Uh, so, I mean, it's a bunch of West Virginia guys. Uh, they'll more, I guess. Good luck, man. We'll have you back on soon as you get closer to this, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you get in this. And hopefully we can start talking about you being on ESPN real soon, challenging for $2 million. No, that'd be nice. Just give us a follow and support us, and uh, hopefully we'll be on there. Ott, congratulations once again, man, on everything so far, and let's hope that this is going to be uh, another big moment for you. Thank you. That's Ott Elmore. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to um, talk a little Notre Dame women's basketball when we continue. 
probably one of the most exciting weekends in women's basketball in a long time. And we'll discuss that as well when we continue here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. One news item to pass along. Thundering Herds announcing that the Saturday, October 6th game versus Middle Tennessee has been moved to Friday, October 5th. There's going to be a national television opportunity for herd football, so a schedule change there. October 6th game against Middle now moved to Friday, October 5th. It's going to be a Friday, and the game's going to be broadcast on TV. Let's turn our attention back now to college basketball, and as much as the men's championship was kind of a kind of a snoozer, a little letdown, the women's championship, not only the Final Four, but the championship game itself, was probably a great reason for fans to discover women's college basketball. And joining us on the program now from the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame insider Tom Noy. And Tom, first of all, that had to be exciting covering uh, Notre Dame, not only in the Final Four, but in the championship game. That's the reason why I think people should start watching women's college basketball. Well, you know what, Paul? That was the first time that I've been able to cover a women's Final Four and I think that might be my last because I don't think it's going to get any better than what we saw in Columbus, Ohio over the weekend with both semifinal games going to overtime, the Connecticut-Notre Dame game being decided on a last-second shot. And if that wasn't enough, less than 48 hours later, Arika Agumbawale, the, the same player that did it against Connecticut, did it again to win Notre Dame its second national championship against Mississippi State after the Irish were down by 15 points. Largest comeback in women's basketball history. It's going to be tough to top this Final Four. We're probably not going to see this for a long, long time. No, I think you're right. Plus, hey, now with that final shot, you probably have an opportunity to go to the ESPYs this year, and maybe ESPN should have saved some money and just mailed the trophy in now. <laughs> no, nah, she's, she's winning it. There, there will not be another clutch performance. I don't care what happens in the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Whatever comes down the line between now and mid-July when they have the ESPYs, Enrique Agumbawale is going to win the ESPYs for clutch performance of the year. Do you think that this is finally going to be the moment where people realize that there's a lot of good women's basketball being played and the game's got to a level now where you're going to get exciting finishes like this, maybe not the excitement on an everyday basis that you saw over the weekend, but still the arguments maybe against women's basketball are kind of following now by the wayside? I think if they can ever get to reach the point for the, men, for the way the men's tournament is structured, because look at what happened the first two weeks, the first two and a half weeks of the, of the NCAA men's basketball tournament with the upsets, Maryland-Baltimore County, beating Virginia, a 16, finally beating a 1, Nevada getting on its run, uh, Loyola going to the Final Four for the first time since 1963. You still do not have those types of storylines in the women's game. It was probably a, a basically it was basically a status quo tournament up until the Final Four where all four number one seeds get to Columbus, and then the excitement and the intrigue 
and the drama followed in Columbus at Nationwide Arena to where the, it was such high level and such high drama. I don't know if, if the casual sports fan is going to tune into that because up up until the, the Final Four in the NCAA Women's Tournament, it's basically, you know, uh, Connecticut, they won their first game by like 88 points. So until they can close that gap and make the tournament maybe a little more dramatic than like they do with the men. Now, the men's Final Four, on the flip side, the men's Final Four was an absolute bore. I turned off the men's final, the championship game last night with like 12 minutes to play, and, and, and Villanova's up 18 on Michigan. So no drama in the men's final. You couldn't say that about the women. You're right. The women's game is, I think people are still talking about it. So are we at a point now then where you look at this and maybe you don't see short-term results, but maybe 10, 12 years you're going to see a lot of young ladies who maybe tuned in. Their parents uh, said, hey, let's watch this. Uh, They've got a daughter who maybe has a casual interest, and maybe we're going to see a growth in the sport now because, well, we're still talking about this, and with reason. It was exciting. It was some of the best basketball being played this weekend. Absolutely. The first time Notre Dame went to the Sweet 16 back in, I'd say, 1997, you know, Muffin McGraw talked about the the growth that the, the, the sport had made up until that point but said, you know, we still have a little ways to go. We've got to, you know, the, the attendance got to get better. Better te- More teams have to be better for long-term uh, stretches. I think they're, they're on their way, and who knows where the sport goes in another four or five years. But you'll still have Connecticut. You'll still have Notre Dame. You'll still have Tennessee. You'll have name programs that people can identify with because they're going to be, be good year in and year out. Tom Noy, our guest from the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame Insider as Notre Dame wins the national championship. And I'm sure that had to be a, a huge relief for a lot of people in South Bend, finally get a Notre Dame championship again, women's basketball, especially where it's been a little dry. You've had success, but not a national championship success for a long time. So I'm sure right now South Bend is still uh, beside itself with happiness. Absolutely. It's been 17 years since they last won their national championship, and they've had better teams and have been in better position. When they had Skylar Diggins, the all-time leading scorer in school history, and then went to the Final Four two and a half hours down the road in Indianapolis, everybody said, oh, they're going to get a title. Skylar Diggins, one of the top recruits ever in in program history, let alone the country, they figured, oh, they're going to win at least two, three national championships. Didn't happen in Indianapolis. Didn't happen when Skylar Diggins was here for her four years. So it was something where they had been to, I believe, the the last four national championship games that they had played in. They had come up empty. And this was something where maybe it was going to happen this year. There, the, the teams that were better in previous seasons, people kind of expected a national championship. I don't think anybody outside that Notre Dame women's basketball locker room expected this team to finish 35-3 to and to beat Connecticut in the national semifinal and then do it against Mississippi State to win their second championship. So it's like it almost comes out of the blue, and when it does like that, it's a little more it's a little more special than what it was had everybody expected. Yeah, Notre Dame's going to win the national championship this year. And another thing about this team, and you know this better than anyone, the injuries were really – not helpful with this roster, especially with uh, you've got Huntington St. Joe's uh, very own Micah Johnson. She was not on the uh, on the roster because of injury as well. And so 
there were some key components here that maybe could have helped this team. Obviously, didn't need to happen, but still, at first, you're thinking, how is this going to affect us with the injuries? Well, they lost four players to ACL season-ending injuries, including Brianna Turner, who, when she's healthy, she might be one of the top seven or eight players in the entire country. So when they lose four players or down to seven scholarship players, I think they just knew that there was no margin for error. Like, they couldn't afford... A, a, a key player couldn't afford to be to have an off night or to have a bad game or to go through a slump to where she couldn't shoot it or rebound it. They needed all six and seven available scholarship players to have a chance, and sometimes that that helps. Like the rotation is smaller. Everybody, the the three guards look at the bench and they say, "We've got to play a full forty minutes because they don't have a reserve to come in and help us out." So, it I think it, in in some ways it helped this team knowing it's only going to be us. We don't have to look over at the bench. We're not going to be messing around with rotations or minutes or this or that. If we're going to do this, it's got to be us six, really. And they wind up going 35-3 and three and winning a national championship. Tom Noy, our guest, he covers Notre Dame for the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame Insider. And I'm sure your uh, last few days have been a whirlwind as far as people excited about this Um how much can you put a price on the attention that Notre Dame, because of not just winning the championship, but the way they want it, is going to come back on Notre Dame? I'm sure you, you've got a lot of phone calls as well. People probably, you know, wanting to know everything they possibly can. So, yeah, what can you? How can you put a price on what this means, not just for women's basketball, but for Notre Dame? You can't. And I think Notre Dame has been good for a lot of years. People are saying. What is this going to do for the program? You know, how look Notre Dame, Notre Dame has won at least thirty games, I think, six of the last seven seasons. So they've they've been pretty good. They just haven't been able to get past Connecticut. They play in a really tough conference. They draw amazingly well. A lot of times they outdraw the Notre Dame men's basketball program for home games here at Purcell Pavilion. So it's, I think they they've been one of the top four, five, six teams in the country. They'll stay that way for a long time because. Recruiting will help. More, they have two, two more McDonald's All-Americans joining the team next year. That'll continue into the future. And Muffin McGraw, she may be in her 30th season. She's accomplished just about everything in the sport. She's in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. She has two national championships. She was the AP Coach of the Year. She has no plans on going absolutely anywhere. So she'll be around here for a long time. And, and this, this program has been rolling for about a decade, it'll continue to roll for another decade. So where you rank this program then? We're obviously saying better than men's basketball right now as far as the hearts and minds. Is it football, women's basketball, hockey? How's that rolling? <laughs> no, no it's, I, I would say it's football first, second, third, fourth, maybe men's basketball, women's basketball right behind it, and then hockey at distant. Even though that hockey's in the frozen four, they play in probably – the best on-campus arena in the country. It's still just a niche sport in South Bend, as is really everything. I mean, women's basketball, men's basketball, hockey, soccer's been good. Fencing won a national championship. But all anybody really cares about is when Notre Dame football is finally going to win a national championship for the first time in 30 years. You mean tell me that people aren't excited that their bracket still has Notre Dame and the, the Frozen Four? Come on. Uh, <laughs> not, not as... There, put it this way, Paul, not as many people are, are looking at the Frozen Four and wondering if Notre Dame can win a national championship as they are 
if Brian Kelly can win a national championship in football, if Brandon Winbush is the quarterback, if Ian Book's the quarterback, if Phil Jerkovic from out your way in Pennsylvania can come in and find his role here as a freshman. So it's always going to be football. Everybody's excited that they win a national championship in women's basketball. They're wondering if Notre Dame men can get to the Final Four for the first time since 1978 in men's basketball, and maybe hockey can win its first national championship. But it's still the people around here live and die with what Notre Dame football does, even in the spring. But you do get a chance to beat Michigan and then possibly Ohio State, so that makes it all better in hockey. That would be even if they don't play, even if they don't win the national championship game, people around here will will rejoice in the fact that they were able to beat Michigan to get to the championship game in St. Paul if that happens. I'll tell you what, uh, I'll be watching that because I am a hockey guy, so uh, I will definitely be watching and rooting on Notre Dame and the hockey side of things. So what's next now for you? Uh, you get a break. You're going to be covering the uh, Frozen Four. You, you know, you know, now that women's basketball is over, nothing's stopping it for you right now. Nothing stops. I mean, spring football spring football's in, in, in rolling right along. Uh, open practice all day on Saturday or most of Saturday. So that will be how I spend my first free weekend away from college basketball. Tom Noy, our guest. You can uh, find out more about him on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, real simple to find. T-N-O-I-E-N-D-I, and for fans of Notre Dame, maybe you can check out the uh, Notre Dame Insider as well. Tom, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes and looking forward to uh, seeing what's next for Notre Dame women's basketball. You got it, my man. Thanks for having me. Tom Noy, our guest. We will take our final break. Come back. We'll get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry, Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Final segment, this is The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. It's ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And if you missed any part of tonight's show, you can always go to Apple Podcasts, also our website, wrvc.com, and you can find any episode you're looking for of the drive or past episodes of our previous show, the first century bank sports line. So it's all right there. All you have to do is start at WRVC.com. So earlier we mentioned to you that Marshall football has uh, released a time and day change. Middle Tennessee, that game's going to be now on a Friday. October 6th was the original day for Marshall versus Middle Tennessee. Television opportunity has come up, so Marshall and Middle Tennessee now will be on a Friday. That will be the 5th. I don't know how many more games we're going to see change. If this is going to be the one and only Friday television opportunity, will we see a couple more? The way the television package is looking right now, I'm not sure. There could be, but you're not going to see... If a game's on, say, stadium, I don't think you're going to see that much of an opportunity to switch a day. If we're talking about maybe a CBS Sports, and ESPN, I'm sure there will be more of a consideration to move it to a Friday. I don't know if you're going to see a BN be able to have that type of stroke and get a game moved to a Friday if it would be worth it. For the most part, I think your Saturdays are going to be safe, but at least one of your games now moving to a Friday. I don't know how Herd fans like the Fridays compared to the Saturdays. 
Friday is, of course, for the high schools. That's that's the only hang-up there is the Fridays are for the high schools. Fridays for high school, Saturdays for college, Sunday for pro. That that should be three of the top ten sports commandments. The other seven are on the way. I haven't written them yet, but those are the three right there. High school on Friday, college on Saturday, pro on Sunday. That makes this the most sense as far as trying to accommodate everybody. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Appreciate you tuning in. I want to thank our producers tonight, Gabriel Sellards, Luke Creasy. We're going to be back tomorrow, an abbreviated show. We've got Pirates baseball coming up tomorrow, so we'll have an abbreviated show. We'll try to get it all in in about a 40-minute span. Pirates are playing a little bit early. We're going to go on the air 540 tomorrow for Pirates baseball. So, Unless I get rained out, we're going to have an abbreviated show. And until then, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. station.